the thief comes not except to steal kill and destroy i have come that you might have and enjoy life life in abundance until it overflows discover how to live the abundant life in christ through the ministry of pastor ose yao afuakwa pastor afuakwa is the general overseer of faith house charismatic chapel international a thriving ministry in kumase ghana god has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know god better live life better and impact their world better get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success and limitless prosperity god bless you as you listen given demonstrate our love for god there are two key facts about love love for god it's important we appreciate that loving god begins with god's love for us somebody say loving god Begins with God's love for me. By the prompting of the Holy Ghost, I'll be teaching on understanding God's love for you. Because a lot of people are in church, but they don't understand God's love for you. There are people who, when they fall into temptation today, they won't come to church. Praise God. Obviously, there are things you are not supposed to do. But when they happen, it doesn't mean God's love for you has ended. And when that understanding is in place, it helps you a lot. A lot of us think that we, we can buy God's love. We can do something to earn God's love. The moment you begin to function like that, it even weakens your faith. That will be looked at extensively. But first of all, you have to understand that you love God because God first loved you. First John chapter 4 verse 10. He says that herein is love, not that we love God, but he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. So the reason why you and I have capacity to love God today is because God first loved us. Are you not happy about that? Yeah. God loved you when you didn't deserve to be loved. So understand that God loves you. Number two, sincere love for God cannot be hidden. These are facts about the love of God. Sincere love for God cannot be what? Hidden. Anybody can claim to love God, but by your deeds we will know whether you love God or not. Scripture makes it clear. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, he says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of your forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of what? Of your love. So sincere love is always provable. There are things we do that demonstrate and proves our love for God. Somebody says, Oh, God knows in my heart that I love him. Well, God also wants to see by your actions that you love him. Your heart is not enough. But the things you do, you can demonstrate your love for God. We are told in scripture, 1 John chapter 3 verse 18, let us not love in word. Let us not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth about what? Our actions. So when your love is in truth, you demonstrate it by your action. There is something a husband does that convinces the wife beyond every shadow of doubt that this man loves me. There's something a wife does that makes the husband assured that this woman loves me. There are also things God's word reveals to us that we can do to demonstrate that truly we love God. And one of such things is given. Somebody say given. Say given. Nothing truly authenticates the 
the genuineness of your love for God than giving. Giving. Giving demonstrates above every other thing the authenticity of our love for God. First John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. The New Living Translation says, We know what real love is. He said, We know what real love is. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. I mean, the man is talking about love and he begins that we know what real love looks like. If we see it, we will know it. Yeah. If you want to see that the young man who is hanging around loves you, you want him to propose, he has proposed through his gifts. Real love is given. The man loves you. That is not an excuse not to speak. But if he has not spoken, let his gift speak. Praise God. Real love gives. He said, we know what real love is. So if it's not fake love and it's real, this is how it is. Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Somebody say, we ought to. We ought to. We ought to. One of the people in our modern times, uh, in the last days, one of the things that has overwhelmed us in church in the last days is that people are in church, but they are so preoccupied with themselves. They love themselves so much that they have no time to love anybody. Praise God. If you are doing your dedication, you invite them, they won't come. They are too busy. They love themselves. Wedding, they don't have time to show up. They must open their shop. Something event is taking place. The Bible says we ought to love one another. Mourn with them that mourn and celebrate with them that celebrate. We ought to give our lives for one another. That's what the scripture says. Love, God's love is given. Somebody say God's love is a given love. For God so loved the word that he did what? He gave. That's what he did. When he was communicating and initiating love, he started by giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. So if your love is the God kind, then it will give. First Kings chapter 3 verse 3 to 4, King James Version. First Kings, he said, and Solomon loved who? Solomon loved who? Solomon did what? Loved the Lord. Walking in what? Status of his father, of David, his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high place. Verse 4. He says, And king, the king went where Gibeon to sacrifice what? There. For that was a great high place. Solomon loved God. How did he communicate his love? He went and offered a sacrifice. And it's not one sacrifice, it's a thousand sacrifices, thousand burnt offerings. When you read the Old Testament, when you are being installed or inaugurated, or investiture, when you are being placed on the throne as a king, scripture demanded in the Old Testament that you sacrifice one bull. One bull. So, that's what Solomon was supposed to do. But when Solomon's turn came, he said, one bull is not enough. Who am I? And see what God has done for me. Look, among all my father's children, one, my mother is an illegitimate somebody. And here I am today, enthroned. Of all the children, there were many. Adonijah was there. Absalom was there. All the other big shots were there. But God bypassed all of them and handpicked me to make me a king. 
Who am I? I will give much more. He didn't give 10. He didn't give 50. He gave a thousand burnt offerings. And when you look at verse 5, he said, Then the Lord appeared to him. Verse 5, give him. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to him in the night and told him, Ask what you want. You want a blank check? <laughs> Sacrificial giving is a gateway to it. Sacrificial what? Giving. He didn't give what? If you are giving 10, maybe the, the gold of his son. He gave a thousand bird. He could have done one. And that was enough. He went way beyond. Struggling with tithes. You've not started. Praise God. You've not what? You've not started. The man was required to give one. He gave a thousand. And you are required to give 10%. And that one cry very, very inconsistent. When you hear a message on giving like the one you're hearing now, then you start. In two weeks' time, you stop. <laughs> In three months' time. When things are tough, you abandon the process. You have not started. Then you are confessing, I'm blessed, I'm prosperous. It doesn't happen like that. There's a gateway to it. Jesus said, where a man's heart is, that's where your treasure will be. If your heart is with God, your money will be with God. People who struggle to give don't love God. And they will find all kinds of things. You know, pastor, it's because I don't have, it's because things are tough. Listen, the, the bottom line is that you don't love God. Don't defend it. Don't try and say it any other way. Bible says, where your treasure is, Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. If a lot of your money goes into sports, you love sports more than you love God. Praise God. Your, a lot of your money goes into politics. You love politics more than you love God. Anything that takes the most of your time and your money reveals what's most important to you. When you give me your heart, your eyes will only observe my ways. I pray that beginning from this month, your heart will be with God. Amen. May your heart be with God. Amen. May your heart be with God. Amen. When you love God, no matter how little what you have is, you will still give. Jesus sat by the the offering desk. And a lot of people were giving. Amazingly, people gave. People who were wealthy. Some of them signed a million dollar check and they signed uh, several thousands of uh, dollars in. They were dropping it. One woman came with one dollar. And when she dropped it, Jesus said, listen, of all your plenty checks, this woman has given the heaviest. Why? Because you have enough. You gave a million dollars. And you have over a billion dollars in your account. This woman, out of her one dollar, she has given one dollar. Sacrificial. She gave her all. In fact, when you read the book of Luke, it says she has given all her livelihood. Giving is difficult for many people. And because we have not learned to give, we are not able to walk in the blessings God has ordained for us to walk in. In this teaching, I'll be taking my time one after the other to show you why as a Christian and as a child of God, you must give. Because people have all kinds of reasons, all excuses why they can't give and all of those things. I pray and I trust God that by the time we are through, God's word will give you answers why you must give. 
there, there are more reasons, greater reasons to give. Just most people give and they also don't receive returns. And the reason why they don't receive it is because they give with wrong motives. Yeah, that's all. They need a, a certain, uh, they won't title. <laughs> what God says he needs, they won't bring. But when they are in a tight corner, they want to bribe God. You don't bribe God. And some people say, uh, and the church, what do they use the money for? But I, I will help you to understand also from scriptural perspective some of the things that the Bible says the offerings and the title we receive, we should use some for. I will show you. So in this service, I'll be focusing on biblical basis for giving. Biblical basis. Because there are a lot of people, when you tell them, you give them a contract, and you tell them, add 100,000 Ghana CD, they will find it now. I'm telling you. They will find it. Whichever way, they will find it. That's why the fake prophets take advantage of a lot of people. Yeah, because they will not respond to the word of God. They want to respond to a dream or some kind of weird revelation. This is what the word of God says. Your giving must be Bible-based. Why does God expect you to give, or why must you give as a child of God? Anyway, before we even step into it, I want you to appreciate that giving brings blessings. Somebody say, giving brings blessings. In the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 35, said, by everything I did, I showed you how you should work to help everyone who is weak. Remember that our Lord Jesus said, somebody say, Jesus said. Jesus this is Jesus speaking. More blessings come from giving than from where? Receiving. Somebody say, more blessings. Come from where? Giving than receiving. More blessings. More blessings. More blessings. More blessings. John D. Rockefeller was uh, about to die at the prime of his life. They diagnosed him of some wild sickness. And he said, well, if I'm going to die, then I should as well give a half of my estate to bless humanity. So he formed a foundation. And by the way, that man was a, a tighter to the core. Some of the records have that, have that he was even a Sunday school teacher in the church. He said, if I'm going to die, then I should as well see what my money, put my money into profitable use before I die. So he set up a foundation and began to bless people. And the more he blessed people, the longer he lived. Against all medical prognosis and diagnosis, he lived well beyond the date they gave him to die. The moment they set his death date, he decided, I'm giving my way to live. Praise God. Young, ready to die. By the time he was dying, he was 90 plus. Praise God. Because giving has the capacity to elongate your days. Giving has the capacity to what? I have seen it from the Bible where somebody died and her giving brought her back to life. She died. Dorcas died. And the women stood by her and said, no, when Dorcas dies, Dorcas, if you are going to die, if they will bury you, then they have to bury us. Because when you go now, we are dead but alive. So we would rather go with you and die with you. And they stood there, began to cry to God, Lord, Dorcas, somebody like Dorcas must not go. If you want to kill Dorcas, kill all of us together. Let us be buried together. 
They sent for Peter. The moment Peter stepped in, immediately, the one who was ready to die came back to life. In the premature appointment with death that have been pronounced upon your life, upon your children, I decree that by the frequency of giving, it's what it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That that is just one amongst many. (laughs) In fact, the Bible says in the book of Psalm 41, it says, blessed is he that considereth the poor. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him from trouble. Look at verse 2. He said, he will, the Lord will preserve him and keep him where? Alive. 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 (laughs) Alive. He will cease from living on tablets and begin to live on supernatural health. I see you come to that frequency. Biblical basis. So, why are we called to give? One, because it's the nature of our Heavenly Father. Giving is God's nature. Giving is what? You can't claim to be a child of God and be stingy. Stinginess is alien to God's DNA. You won't find it in it. If you carry God's DNA in you, you must naturally give. It's suspicious when you see a very tall man give birth to a very short child. Yeah, it doesn't happen normally. So you have to ask the, the woman again whether it's... Yeah, I'm telling you. Because the gene for height, I think is produced by the man. The one that brings the variation, people are looking at me. You are not sure? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a man who is very, very fair. They produce a child very, very dark. <laughs> what a show. <laughs> so by the time you, <laughs> you say you are a child of God, you don't tight. When he's giving, your face is frown. There's no excitement to you. We say offering, you are looking some way. That's not like God. That's not like what? The Bible says, for God so loved the word that he gave. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, he says, dear children, let us... Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, quickly. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. He says, be therefore followers of God as dear children. As a child of God, you follow your father. As dear children, let's follow God. And verse 2, he says, and walk in love as Christ also loved us and had given himself for us. As an offering, he loved us and gave. So how can you claim you are in love and you are not giving? The Bible said, if you have never been in Christ, it's a new creature. All things. Some people, every other thing is new, except they are tight-fisted. They are a new creature in tongues. Oh, so, 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 so. They give nothing. Praise God. That's our heavenly father's nature. Number two, because of the giving example set for us by Christ. You see, one of the things scripture tells us we are to do is to follow the example of Christ. First Peter chapter 2 verse 21. He says Christ came and one of the reasons why he came was to set an example for us. First Peter 2 21, the, King James, the new King James says, For to this you were called because Christ also has suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow what? His steps. So if you are a Christian, you follow the steps of what? Christ. And Christ was a giver. He was what? In fact, Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Mark 10, 45. New King James. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life a ransom for what? Many. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know it. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, King James. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes. For whose sake? For whose sake? For whose sake? For whose sake? For your sake, he became what? Poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. He gave up his riches for you to come into his prosperity. That is the example Jesus set for us. He didn't just give us just money. He gave us his life. Opening the gateway for us to experience salvation. The Bible said, therefore, let us be followers. Just as Christ has also given us. Number three. Because giving is a biblical key that unlocks our redemptive heritage. Our redemptive heritage of financial prosperity. Listen. When you get born again, one of the things that comes with it is prosperity. Somebody say prosperity. prosperity. God wants you to prosper. Say it, I believe it. I believe it. Say, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Prosperity is not a check doctrine. Prosperity is not uh, somebody saying something. Prosperity is God's will for your life. He said Jesus came and he came so that you through his poverty, might become rich. So that is one of the reasons why he came. Praise God. To be saved and poor is not the will of God. Understand that. To be saved and what? Poor is not the will of God. Because a poor Christian cannot do much for God. Understand me very well. A poor Christian cannot do much for the Lord. If you want to do a lot for God, and we are called to do a lot for God, do you know that? We are caught, he said, you are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be. That means that you matter or you are supposed to be an influence. How can you influence people when you are broke? Poor people don't influence people. In fact, people don't like to associate with poor people. The Bible says that a poor man is hated of his own brethren. You don't know that? When you are poor, even your family can disown you. When you go for family gatherings and they are taking opinion, your opinion is not sought. Because your suggestion is good, but who should pay for it? <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible said, a wise man, by his wisdom, delivered a whole city. But no man remembered that man. Let me show you that scripture. So that your dream to be the poorest amongst us will leave you. Can somebody give me an amen? amen? You'll be the richest in your family. Amen. You'll be among the millionaires in this church. Shout a believing amen. amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 16 to 17. He said, then I said, wisdom is better. Ecclesiastes 9. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Neither, nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Verse 17. He says, the words of a wise man are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruled among fools. When a wise man speaks, nobody hears it. Because for everybody to hear it, the words of a wise man, he must be on Love FM. He must be on Angel FM. And you don't go there with tongues. You go there with money. Praise God. Yeah. If you want to speak something to Ghana, no, 
like the president spoke about uh, this US, U.S. military part a couple of weeks ago. At the time he was speaking, all the Ghanaian TV stations captured him. That is influence. Do you know what it means to capture all the TV stations? In the moment, do you know how much it will cost? But that is what is required if you must influence people. When we watch on the, our TVs and they show all manner of uh, uh, adverts, and your children are watching, and when you see it, yeah, go, you quickly find something to send, go and do something in the kitchen. It's not anything. What they are showing, you don't want your child to see. That's why you are pretending you are sending the child. But if we were to influence and set the agenda, do you know that CNN in America is setting the agenda for gay? Yeah. You don't know? They are setting, it's a big news network. They've taken advantage and this is to set an agenda for gays. So you see a fine man sitting there and he tells you, I'm gay. They say, ah, a young man, ah, this nice guy is a gay. Ha, ah, then he being gay is nice. Oh. <laughs> see, they are setting an agenda. Setting an agenda. Christian Amambo meets any president of Africa, and the question she asks is, is gay. What are you doing about gay? We need to take over. And I see us taking over. Amen. Listen, we don't take over with tongues, we take over with money. That's why God wants to empower you with great wealth. In the book of in the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 12, he says, saying with a loud voice. Revelation is 12, 5. With a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Somebody say, he was slain. This is talking about Christ. The lamb that was slain to receive what? Say it. What? Riches, wisdom, strength. Worthy is the lamb. Jesus was slain. Not only to save you, but to receive power, riches. And you will not receive it to take it to heaven. He received it so he can hand it back over to you. Praise God. He didn't need to come and die to receive riches from the Father. When he was with the Father, he was rich. That's why the Bible says that you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, before he came, he was what? Rich. So he didn't need riches. But you and I needed riches because God gave the entire riches in the universe to Adam. Adam, through sin, transferred it to Satan. So Jesus had to come down, go to hell and Hades. And collect the keys to riches, wealth, and honor, and blessing back and hand it over to us in Christ. That's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 18. He said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is every man that hanged on the tree, that the blessing, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Through Jesus Christ, that we might obtain the promise of the Spirit through faith. So when you accept Christ, you are you have been engrafted into the blessings of Abraham. Amen. Why must we give? Because it's a key. Somebody say it's a key. It's a key. To prosper in the kingdom, you must be a giver. If you are tight-fisted, you can never experience supernatural prosperity. Because the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich and has no sorrow comes to us as we give. Praise God. In the book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, he said the blessing of the Lord. Somebody said the blessing of the Lord. Make it rich and ask no sorrow with it. We are not saying, listen, when we talk about supernatural prosperity, we are not saying you cannot be rich without, without God's blessing. You can't be rich without God's blessing. 
There is a labor root to riches. And there is the blessing of God's root to riches. You can labor hard and become rich. In the book of Proverbs 23 verse 1, he said, labor not to be rich. Cease from thy own wisdom. When thou sittest, verse 4. Labor not to be what? So you can be rich by labor. Can you see that? But he's advising you against it. Because if you labor to be rich, you must also labor to keep it. You must labor to enjoy it. If you labor hard to be rich. That's why a lot of people are rich and they can't enjoy it. Fear. Every day they are moving from Akonedu. If not Akonedu, they are with one malam. Because they, they, they want security. People who are rich without God are always looking for security. Everywhere you find them, when they sit in their car, they don't know whether they were rich. They sit in a plane, they don't know who, who if you If they, you are to tell them to naked themselves, the kind of things you see, and the places you see them, you like it. But they are carrying it, all in the name of protection. But my Bible says, whatsoever the Lord doeth, it shall be forever. When God blesses you, he also empowers you to enjoy the blessing. I see you walking in wealth and peace. In the mighty name of Jesus. And one key that unlocks our heritage of financial prosperity is giving. Somebody say giving. It unlocks it. It unlocks it. It unlocks it. Number, number what? Giving is the most authentic biblical proof that you have overcome greed. Somebody say greed. Greed. A lot of people are greedy. They are greedy. People who don't tithe are greedy. Say amen. Amen. God gave you 100%. He says, take 90, give me 10%. And you still chop that one. Ah, how greedy can you be? Look at Festival chapter 6. And let's see the price you pay for being greedy. He says, the love of money causes all kinds of trouble. May you not be troubled. Amen. I said, may you not be troubled. Amen. So people, who, people, some people want money so much that they have given up their faith and cause themselves a lot of pain. May you not cause yourself a lot of pain. They've given up faith. Cause themselves a lot of pain. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10. Let's see that too. He said, if you love money and wealth, you will never be satisfied with what you have. That's why they agree. Greedy people are never satisfied. Every time, every time, they want something new and fresh. So they trouble themselves and trouble themselves. May you not be troubled again. May you be delivered from every kind of trouble. Yeah, because no matter what you have, when something new comes, you will want it. It's it's a system. So if you don't learn to be content with what you have, you'll never be happy with your life. You want the latest car? You want the latest house? Oh, when I pass through uh, Ahonjo and I see some of the houses that have been pulled down, in their days, those were the houses. Kumasi. But today, those are old architecture. And the ones they are building, the ones despite and Kesbin, those people are building, in the next 20 years, they will also be old architecture. So they will also be pulled down again. Listen, life, there is every time something is new, people want it. Praise God. And the more you have, the more you want. So if you don't learn to give in your little, when you have much, you can never give. Praise God. That's the key. Number, number, are you following what I'm teaching? 
Number five, giving demonstrates the authenticity of your love for God and the church. If you love God and the church, you will give. How many of us love God? Okay, that is one. How many of you love the church? That's it. If you are in church and you don't give in the church, you don't love the church. Praise God. You don't love the church. If you are not a tighter here, you don't love the church. We don't use water to power the air condition that you're enjoying. Praise God. Yeah, it's electricity. There's a power plant seated at the back and it drains gallons of fuel every service day. Praise God. You come, you enjoy the word, you enjoy the praise, then you go. You simply don't care. Whether it works or it doesn't work, you don't care. You don't love the church. But you say, I love you, Lord. God said, you? <laughs> I don't know you. Why? Because according to Jesus, the measure of your love for God is in your money. It's in your money. What you do with your money tells God more about what you love. Matthew 6, 21. Where the, treasure, where the heart of a person, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's where your heart will be also. There are some people, they can be in every service, but they, they don't give anything. Praise God. There are people who may also not be regular in service, but they give. Praise God. It's more likely that those people, their heart is here than those who are sitting here every day. Am I communicating here? Yeah. That's it. Number, number six. Uh-huh. Number six. Giving. Demonstrate your love, care, and value for the pastoral and administrative staff of the church. It shows that you love the church. You love the pastors. You love the workers in the church. If you don't give, you don't love your pastor. You don't, love, you don't care about them. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we ought to love. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 13. The New Living Translation. Let me show you something. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Who are your leaders in the Lord's work? Your pastors. Now he says, they work hard among you and give you spiritual what? Guidance. Look at verse 13. He says, show them respect. A wholehearted word, love, because of their work and live peaceably with each other. That's one. Now come to First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. This is the New Living Translation. Yeah. This is how you demonstrate your love. He said, pastors who do their work well should be paid what? They should be paid what? Well. And should be highly what? Appreciated. Especially those who work hard. Both at preaching and teaching. Then he says, for the scriptures say, never tie up the mouth of the horse that tread out the grain. Let us, let him eat as he goes along. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Praise God. There are people who work in this church. I'm one of them. We are full-time staff here. Somebody manages such accounts. Somebody does other things. We are here. And we, we are not paid by a commercial bank because we don't work in commercial bank. We work here. And we ought to be paid from here. We ought to be paid from what? You are surprised? They pay me. They pay me. Not for the work I do anyway. It's, it's a token of appreciation. Because you know the work I do, you can't pay me for it. What goes into one sermon? If God does not give you grace, you can't do it. Am I communicating here? 
Yeah. There are some places where you go. There are no structures. So everything goes. But here, there are structures. People, there's a committee in place that decides what uh, Pastor Bright is a full-time minister. Uh, Dickney Champon, he's a staff in the church. He has to be paid. He has children and a wife. He has two children. Me, I have two. Pastor Bright has two. So if you care about us and you love us, when the month ends and you collect your money, you are chopping and distributing. God says you must bring your tithe because out of the tithe and the offering, the staff and the people who work in the church are paid. I didn't say it. God wrote it. Yeah, I'm not ashamed to be paid from church because that's the work I do. Let me show you a scripture again. First Corinthians. No, no, no. Listen. 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 There are churches you go. There are churches you go. They don't tell you this because there is no structure in place. Every morning that comes, at the end of the day, the pastor carries it in his boot. This church is 10 years last month. I have never taken church money in my house, to my house before. I have never single-handedly signed a church checkbook. Never once. I have never decided my own salary since the church started. And this man is part of the people. Son, you can ask him countless times. Countless times. When they want to review it, I tell them, keep it here. Keep it here. Why? Because they review it. They have sat down and said, Papa, you should take this. I tell them, we need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. A man came into uh, one of our members now, a chartered accountant. He went through our books. And when he finished, he said, Pastor, you have handled the money of God very well. Chartered accountant. <laughs> what I do is God who can pay me. Yeah. And God pays me through many channels. The salary is one of the channels. But beyond the salary, God pays us heavily. I have received single check from people that was maybe twice my salary. One, one check is twice my salary. I have received check from somebody that was almost three times my salary. I received them. Why? Because it's God who pays me. But it doesn't mean that a system should not be put in place. Let me show you a scripture. First, uh, first, First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 to 13. Yeah, let's do that. He said, wasn't, no, verse 13 to 14. He said, don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? Can you see that? Uh -huh. And those who serve at the table get a share of the sacrificial offerings. Verse 14, he says, in the same way, in what? The Lord has what? Supported by those who benefit from it. Praise God. Check the Amplified Version. The reason why some pastors are running into all kinds of things and they are doing all kinds of businesses on the side is because they are not being supported by their churches and they must support themselves. That's why the ministry of a full-time pastor is different from the ministry of a lay pastor. The one who goes, can you imagine, Monday to Friday, I'm in a shop in a do. Then Saturday, and now, cram, looking for what to preach. You will come here and we'll sing songs until you're tired, then we'll go. Why? Because time must be devoted to prayer and to intense study. Sometimes, in coming up to teach one sermon, I have to read about six to seven books. Just to get sound reference. That's what goes into the work. How, how much do you listen? How much can you be paid for that kind of thing? You are up 
most of the times, away from your family most of the time. Now, listen, if God has not called you, you can't do the job. And in any way, if it was money we're looking for, thank God we have been schooled a little. I went to school, I have a degree, and I have used it to work before, and I can still use it to work. Reverend Bright has first degree, second degree, a doctorate degree. If he was lecturing at KNUSC, he wouldn't take anything. What we give him here is a token. It's about uh, one-third or one-fourth of what he would have received there as a PhD holder. But he's laid that on the altar just to serve you and to make sure that the kingdom of God goes on well. And you think that somebody loves money and when people are talking rubbish, you are also here, you have the guts to open your mouth and say the same thing. When you do that, you simply bring unnecessary trouble and curses upon your life. There are pastors who love money. Is there. But if we love money, you won't be sitting in this kind of atmosphere. Yeah. On the same principle, the Lord directed that those who publish the good news, the gospel, should live, get their maintenance by the gospel. So when you love your leaders, you give. Because out of your giving, they are supported. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. Saying it in the first service. That when you go to uh, Dr. Asumedu, when you go and consult, yeah, when they come for consultation, they pay, don't they? Good. Do you know some of the prophets are doing consultation now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because, you see, they've realized that the people come and they, would, they don't even have the courtesy to see that, oh, man of God, thank you very much for your counsel. This is a little seat. So they have devised secular wisdom. They will not trust God to bring it. They must collect it from you. I, I get what I'm talking about. That's why there's that consultation. And we, are, we sell them. We say, some of them are selling oil. They, we say, they sell oil. They sell this. How would they eat? Because God says you should bring the tithe so that they can eat. You have decided to chop the tithe, chop the offering, and they must find a way to survive. Turn to your neighbor and say, man must live. Praise God. So, so you need to understand it. You need to understand it. The one who takes care of your body, please come. You pay him so much. The one who takes solve your legal problem, sorry. <laughs> you pay him so much. The one who solves your banking problem, you pay him so much. The one who solves your uh, illiteracy problem, sorry. <laughs> we are teaching you. You pay him so much. Now, do you know the problems pastors solve for you? They solve spiritual problems. And those are more complex than any natural problem. That's why the Bible said you should pay them much more. Better. When you know Bible, you will never be jealous of your pastor. You will always thank God for his life. Because for any genuine pastor, what he does is much more than anything you can give him. Everything you give him is just a token of appreciation. Praise God. The work we do, when we finish here, we still have everybody's work ends here. Our work, we give account to God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Let me show you as I close. Hebrews 13. He said, obey them, amplified version. Obey them that are your spiritual leaders and submit to them continually recognizing their authority over you for they are constantly, somebody say constantly, constantly. keeping watch over what? Your souls! Not your body, your soul. 
The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? So if you have value for your soul, you, you, you have value for the one who takes care of it. You have value for the one who takes care of it. But because we don't value our spiritual lives, we just, we just appreciate everybody and think that we can just... Some people just treat their pastors anyhow, insult them anyhow, say all kinds of things. Because they don't have value for what they do. So, and the final point is that we have to give because God commands us to give. Somebody say, God commands us to give. What I'm teaching you is matured. Listen, for the matured, if you're a baby Christian, you understand it. Yeah, you understand it. Because some people come to church and then they calculate. Okay, so if all of these people, this one give 50, 50, 50, 50. I'm telling you, and I won't be surprised if some of them are here. And they conclude, that's why the pastors are living lives. Yeah. And the media hides it crazily in a foolish manner. And then it feeds but when you are in a ministry, you have to look at it. I'm not saying that people are not abusing the privilege. A lot, it's not now. It started in Bible times. But it does not mean that the right thing should not be done. Yeah. Let me read Numbers to you and I'll close this. Numbers chapter 18. And this one, anytime you see somebody talking about pastors and that they are, they are chopping church money or doing whatever, Use this one to advise them. Yeah, this one, this one. Because no matter how the pastor even chops, the modern day pastor chops, they, they will not chop as much as they were chopping in the olden times. <laughs> Praise God. Now look, this is what God said. Verse, he said, and the Lord said to Aaron, you have no inheritance in their land, nor, nor have share in any portion among them. I'm your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. Okay, so God, what God actually wanted, just spare me a few minutes. What God actually wanted, he wanted Israel, the whole of Israel to be a kingdom of priests for him. So that they would just care about God, worship him, and that's all God wanted. But you remember, when God descended on the mountain and wanted to speak with them, the people said, we are afraid. We can't speak. So you, Moses, go, so that God will speak to you. Whatever God will tell you, come and tell us. Okay. So when they did that, God said, okay, what I want, these people, they can't handle it. So, but somewhere, somehow, you, Moses, you will die and go. So I want one of the tribes to be set apart and they will mediate. They will go between me and the people. So he selected among 12 tribes, he chose one, which is the tribe of Levi. So the Levites were not given land. And the children of Israel, they were farming, all kinds of things. So everybody had land. The Levites were not given land. They were not given anything. And this, God says, you are my inheritance. And the tithe belonged to God. So God said, the tithe, which is mine. Okay, let, wait. Let's go to Leviticus 27 verse 30. Let me show you something there before we come here. Leviticus 27 verse 30. Look, he said, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is who? The laws. It is holy to the Lord. So God said, you, all of you who have given jobs to, have given you land. All your 10% under the Old Testament is for me. So bring it to me. When you bring it to me, the priest which I have chosen, go back now 20. Uh, Numbers 18, 21. 20 and 21. Behold, I've given the children of Israel all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance. 
enti tight na me dia mo me so mo ni di ho and yet when you come to church that, that's what god is saying i'm not giving them land i'm not giving them anything this is their portion i've given all the for in return for the work for which they perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting now that's what they were doing in the old testament if you ask the account people, they will tell you what we do with tithe here. If we were using everyone's tithe to uh, pay pastors, oh, by the grace of God, we will be very comfortable. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But here, tithe will pay electricity. Tithe will buy some of it. But in the Old Testament, when they bring it, they brought it. <laughs> the Levites will sit on it, whether you have electricity or not. It's your business. That is your own portion. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But here it's used for all kinds of things. And then at the end of the day, a certain percentage cost salary or something is given to the pastor. And then you go and sit somewhere. You say, ah, modern day pastors. Go and ask them in the Old Testament. How do we do it? May the Lord give you understanding. Now, so, so these are biblical reasons why we give. Last one I said is because God commands us to give. Now, I'll be touching on that. Yeah. So, don't bring your rationalization and your thinking and all, all that kind of thing. Don't be in church and be controlled by the media. Put your sorry them and so put your radio presenter than your church of Winyamiasim. Are you a Christian or you're a radio activist? Close your eyes and pray. Put your hand on your chest and say, Lord, give me a heart of liberality. Make my heart libra. Give me a libra soul. Make me a libra soul. Grant me the grace to be a libra soul. I've just laid the foundation. <laughs> Speak to God. La grosse grede beketu savrandi vaha. Rekato kalibra hado sesese. Igaloko teka bahandaba. Change my heart, O God. Lord, change my stingy heart. Give me a giving 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 heart. And make a commitment to God to be faithful in your givings. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. La grode kosa baliba handa saga. Rokata kaba. Rapato kabaliba sanda. Ego sa baliba hande. Give him, give him, give him, give him, give him. Labo sande de beketo sabradiva handose. Hasuli brahande kelosa. Lande kosa baliba handa laba sobre de betesa. Luke shende le betesa. Brondo kosi valabanda saba. Robobo soso so lekete. Hakusa galabatasa. Rapato kelele besunda la brahanda. Roposo kote keliba handasa. Frade solele kete kaba. In Jesus' mighty name. 
In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I decree the release of a new heart for you. Every stingy heart lifts you now. In the name of Jesus. Receive a heart of love. Receive a heart that pants after God. Receive a heart that cares about the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Every commitment you have made this morning to honor God faithfully and consistently, may you receive grace to do so. In the name of Jesus. And as you begin so and stick to it, I decree the release of unusual blessings over your life. In the name of Jesus. Blessed shall you be when you are going out. Blessed shall you be when you are coming in. Everything you are selling shall be sold. Everything you have invested in shall be profitable. God's blessing shall be massive in your life this month. Those who open to you from strange places. In the name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8am fair service, 8.30 to 10.30am second service and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service, 6 to 8pm at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Seranabout, Kumase, Ghana. God richly bless you.